Okay, Chaver, L'chaim, L'chaim. L'chaim to everybody, L'chaim. Thank you so much for joining, and to all those who are here on Zoom, to all those who are here in person, to all those who are watching on Facebook and elsewhere, and all those who are going to be listening to this recording, Misiyata Deshmaya. Like always, it's a tremendous schus. It's a tremendous privilege for Yidin to get together. We're interested in delving deep into Yiddishkeit, trying to get into the soul of that which we are already doing. And we want to live it with life, and with feeling, with vitality and connection, which is our ultimate goal. And we began this segment of the series in the past couple of years, delving into the depth of Kabbalah Shabbos. A whole series of Shabbos. We've been delving into Kabbalah Shabbos. We had two shirim so far. Just for a quick recap, in the first year we talked about Simcha, joy as it relates to Kabbalah Shabbos. We said that was the Bechina of Reb Chanina. The Reb Chanina told his Chavra, Boyu v'neitzei, Likras Shabbos, let us gather ourselves together. We're going to learn about that now. And to go out, like we learned, into the field, L'chadoidi neitzei hasadeh, like the Arizal says, and to rejoice in a taste of the completed world, to rejoice in a taste of the banishment of any suffolk, to know that this world is developing in such a way that it will reach its final fruition. This is very much connected also to Tubishvat, which is coming up. We rejoice in a little seed that is able to grow into a tree to the point where the fruits finally grow and they contain, contain seeds of their own to plant new fruits and so on and so forth. Things have a purpose. Things are going in a very definitive direction, all guided by Hashem's master plan. Shabbos being a taste of me'in olam haba, we can catch a glimpse of that on Shabbos, of a completed, rectified world where we're able to perceive Hashem's presence. That's the Bechina of Simcha. Reb Chanina goes out. He takes his chaver with him. He can't sit in one place. He goes out to meet Shabbos. That's Reb Chanina, and that's the Simcha of Kabbalah Shabbos. That was two shirim ago, and then last week we learned about Yira as it relates to Kabbalah Shabbos. Awe. And what did we learn? We learned that Yira is related to the Bechina of Reb Yanai. That Rabbi Yanai didn't go out into the field. He didn't move from his place. He sat and he invited Shabbos to come in. He would tell his Talmidim, let us invite Shabbos to come in. We learned to Marsha, there are two segments of the marriage that's taking place. One is bringing the Kala to the Chuppah, and that's going out to greet the Kala and walking her to the Chuppah. And then, of course, there's moving in to the new home with the Kala. That's Rabbi Yanai. And over there, there's the aspect of Yira. Because it's not just a matter of, okay, there's a world and the world is seen as being illuminated with the presence of Hashem, which means the, lev- the levana, the light of the moon, is illuminated by the light of the sun, like it will be la'asid lavo v'aya arha levana k'arachama, and of course v'haya is a lashon of simcha. No, it's the bechina of the flip, where we realize what is being revealed. That's a great light. It's an awesome light. We, we learned a lot about awe, right? There's the aspect of standing aware of how distant we are. The Bechina of Rachaik, Vishtachavisem me Rachaik. We bow down from the aspect of Rachaik, HaKadosh Baruch, who is infinitely vast and infinitely far. And any taste of understanding that we're part of Hashem's big picture, it puts us in our place. And over there, there's the aspect of Yira. That's what we learned about Rabbi Yanai. And so we hear in this Shir, Besiyata Deshmaya, very, very deeply, and that we need a lot of Hashem's help over here, specifically, we always do, but specifically here because the ideas are very deep. I want to try to dig deeper than the way that we've described the relationship between Kabbalah Shabbos and Simcha 
and the relationship between Kabbalah Shabbos and Yira, and to go to the root of these two aspects. Where, where does it come from in the system, in the Kabbalistic system that underlies what Shabbos is, that underlies what it means, Olam Hazeh, and what it is, Olam Haba, and how it is that Shabbos is a me'ain of Olam Haba. What sits at the core of why one would feel awe and love on Shabbos Kodesh, particularly Kabbalah Shabbos? And so we have to begin first very far away from actually addressing Kabbalah Shabbos, which we'll get to, with the first source, which is from a sefer called Shari Oira. And Shari Oira was written by Rishon. It's one of the rudimentary introductory svarim to Kabbalah. Basic, basic, basic overview of what's called the Ten Spheros, which is a system that we've mentioned a number of times, which is the way that Hashem brought all of existence into being from the place of infinity through a series of creative steps we've talked about, and we'll just go through them now very, very quickly in a minute. But that's what Shari Aira is, right? Shari Aira has 10 gates. Each of the gates addresses one of the spheres, and it gives you an overview of all of its aspects and how it interacts with the other Midos and what it is and what it contains and how it captures a certain facet of Hashem's unity that He chose to reveal to the world and to you and me through you and me through this particular sphera, which all of us also contain on the level of our emotions and the level of our guf, because we're created with selim, elokim. And of course, like we've mentioned in previous shiurim, Hashem doesn't have a selim, Hashem doesn't have a form. So what does it mean to be created in the form of God? Say the Mekubalim, says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar and Avshachayim and others. What it means is that we were created in the form of the 10 spheres. And so each one of us is actual, is an actual embodiment of that 10-step creative process, beginning from the head, which of course is the top, which is of course the first, we spoke about last week, Rashis, right, that which is first, Rashis, Chachma, Yiras Hashem, we said there's a Yira from the aspect of Rashis, from the most revealed aspect of Hashem, before he even begins the process of creation, that's the top of our head, all the way down to the bottom, right, Mamish, to the bottom of our feet, to the Bechina of Bris, and beyond, the Bechina of the mate, the Bechina of the other, of the spouse, which is the final actualized creation that's the Bechin of Saif and over there like we learned last week there's Yira there too Saif Davar Hakal Nishma Esalikim Yira because at the end we sense a reflection of the beginning we talked about this last week Sof Masa Bemachshava Tchila the very final step reflects that which was first and over there there's the aspect of Yira to stand in awe of that which is unfolding to us and through us and beyond these are the ten spheres that the Sefer Shaira Ara explores. And so, before we get into the actual piece, let's just do a brief overview of the system again. And Eliezer mentioned that it would be wise, and it's actually something that we're going to be working on, Be'ezer Hashem, to do somewhat of a mini-series, like a crash course on the spheres. Just, it's a very important system for people to learn. It's not something that we're taught in school. It's not, for some people, it's not something they learn ever. And in the realm of Pneumia Satora, which is also not something that's necessarily taught and not necessarily learned, it's an absolute basics, the Aleph base of Pneumia Satora, the ten spheros. This is not like you know one facet that, that you learn one time in one particular shear. It's something that, it, that keeps on coming up again and again and again. It's the blueprint for everything. And then you see that it's the blueprint for Nigla too. You see that it starts reflecting and being reflected in halacha and, and, and different shitas and so on, which is incredible to see that when, when we're zechah to put the two together. But at least in the realm of Panimi Satira, it's a must to be able to get the system down pat so that really we can just rattle it off. Thank you so much for coming, Ach. 
Do we have an extra sheet over there? So it's something that you're able mamish to, to, to rattle off. You have it on your fingertips. It's chayav to learn the basic systems. And so over here, let's do a little bit of an overview again. Ten spheres, ten creative processes, ten steps that a Kodesh Baruch Hu takes in his emergence from infinity, whatever that means. We have no grasp of that term, infinity, but we do have a grasp of the term finite, which is the world that we experience around us, where things are measured in time, in space, in the human being, different stages of life. Finitude we're familiar with. That's the finite world around us. But we also know that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is infinite. How did the infinite emerge and produce the finite? What were the steps in that process? And so very, very quickly, very briefly, because we have a lot to get to, the Mekubalim explained, rooted in the Zara Kaddish, but brought in the Ramak and the Ari, and, and all the, all the Mekubalim, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu employed a 10-step system that would become the blueprint for every single realm and stage and aspect and facet and, and phase of creation. 10 steps. And it gets very complicated because there aren't just 10 steps, or these are the 10 broad steps, but each of these 10 steps contain the 10 steps, and each of those 10 contain 10. And it's in ad infinitum, within the system in and of itself, is exceedingly complex. And there's a chesed of chachma of bina, for example, right? And, and so on. It's very complicated. But we can learn just the basics so we can zoom out and understand something of it. And it goes as follows. The first step, and again, we mentioned this in previous year, but it's good to review. The first step is called keser which literally translates as crown, and that refers to the first step in a creative process, which is not even thinking about it, but first wanting it. And if you think of an artist, or you think of an architect, or you think of, of, of an inventor, or somebody who wants to create something in any art form or creative form, the first step is always the will to create, the will, and the big picture vision, the, the wanting, the inspiration to go ahead and to do that. Then we start to think about it. So that's first keser, and that's imagined. Again, there's no space up there, whatever this means. There's no positioning, but metaphorically, it's seen as being in the center. Okay? Keser. And that's pictured as like a circle at the top. Underneath keser, we have two sides, which is my right and left, but it's your left and right. So just imagine it where my hands are. We have chachma and bina. These are terminology that we're familiar with, but where does it, where does it come from? What does it mean? After the creator wants to go ahead and create, he has the inspiration, the desire, what does he do next? He begins to think about how to actualize the inspiration. Say the Mekubalim, there are two kinds of thinking about it. There's Chachma, which is holistic, big picture thinking, just in general, like a brainstorm, just like a, a foggy, vague image of the whole entirety of the process, looking at it as a whole. That's Chachma which the Mekubalim say shares the letters of koachma, which means that we're just asking like, what, what is necessary in this process? Big picture, the whole thing from beginning to end. Koachma, well, what is it? What is it? That's chachma. And then bina begins to think about it more specifically. To take a look at this big picture and to start to say, okay, technically, how do we take this vision and start to plan to really implement it, to put it into action? And Bina is associated, we're gonna learn a lot about this now with a little bit more of fragmentation. 
Bina, say Chazal, is maven davar mitoich davar, the ability to understand one thing and its difference from the other thing, to understand one thing from another thing, to infer, to find implications. This is Bina, it's more technical, specific kind of thinking. Together, those three are called the moichin, the mentalities. And they exist in the Tzalem Elohim of you and me, here, in our, in our brain. We have keser, which is the cranium, it's the skull, because that's what sits above the brain. And that is connected to desire, to will, which comes from beyond us. It's not that we think about what we want and so we want it. We just want it. We can't even explain why. That's, that's the real rutzen that we're talking about. Just a heavenly inspiration to want to get into a certain profession. We can't even explain why. Or like you, you want a flavor of ice cream that's particular, you know, it's different than the next guy. We can't really explain why you like chocolate and he likes vanilla. It's just, it comes from a place of keser. It comes from a place of a very high, a very high place, which parenthetically, you can't get into all of this now. I wish we had so much time, but we do. But we, we have to focus on what we're learning here. But, uh, but the tzaddikim say, really based on the Baal Shem Tev, but I heard from my Rebbe, Rav Tzicheshen Shlita, that he says that in Israel, if somebody wants to give a reason without actually giving a reason, if you ask somebody why he's doing something, and he doesn't want to actually take the time to explain it to you, or he can't explain it to you, because you ask him what flavor of ice cream he likes, and he says vanilla, and you ask why, what's the answer? Kacha. Kacha. Right? That's the colloquial way of just saying because. Right? Kacha. Says the Baal Shem HaKadosh, Kacha, he really says this in the context of the Pasuk, Ashriya, Um, Right, the highest of all ksarim, the the will of all wills. Kacha, meaning in that place, it's just a will, it's just a want. And like the Rayat said, and other other Lubavitcher Abayim, in that tradition, he said of a taiva fragmentishkan kashas. You don't ask a question on a on a taiva. You can't explain it. It just is. That's keser. That's the cranium. And then we have the right and left hemispheres of the brain which even in modern science, even though now we've moved away from that a little bit as neuroscience uh, uh, progresses, so it's a little bit different today, but at least up until pretty recently, we've looked at the right and left hemispheres of the brain as being holistic, creative thinking. That's the right brainers, so to speak, which is used more metaphorically than actually now, but right brainers and then left brainers, which is more math and science and, and, and so on. Right? So there's the arts and then there's uh, you know, more, more technical kind of logistical thinking. That's Bina, right and left brain. Collectively, that's the Moichin. Those are the first three spheres. Keser, Chachma, Bina. How many are left? Seven. Seven. Because we need ten. So we have the first three are the Moichin, and then we have the lower seven. Those are called the Midas. Those are called the emotional traits. And these seven, of course, relate to everything that we have in our world. Because these seven are on the level of where HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually started to, so to speak, bring the world into a form that we're familiar with. So that's why there are seven days of the week, and that's why there are seven oceans, like we've said, and seven metals, and seven planets, and seven continents, and, and seven colors of the rainbow, and seven musical notes. I don't know if I said that, but all these sevens that we find reflected in nature are because they're rooted in the lower seven spheros. Because the moichin, just like it is in our head, it's hidden, it's concealed. We don't see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's thought process. That, that's, that's the chachma that's within the world. That's the intelligent design, as it were. You don't see that. What you do see is what was designed. Those are the lower seven spheres. Very quickly, chesed relates to the right arm. 
The mid of chesed, total unrestrained wanting to give. Givura is total restraint, which is why most people have a weaker left arm. It's called the yad keha, because it's restraint. Like Yitzchak is also the mid of givura. He allowed himself to be tied down on the mizbeach, as opposed to Avram, who was going out to look for guests. That's the mid of chesed and the mid of givura, respectively. Tiferes is again in the middle. It blends the two together, brings the two into a blend. Thanks for coming. It brings the two, the two into a blend of chesed and gvura. Then we have netzach and yisoy that relate to the right leg and the left leg, respectively. We're not getting now into each mida and what it represents. We simply don't have time. These culminate in the mida of yisoy, which is embodied in our, phys- in our physique as the bris. And then fi- that's yisoy. And then finally, malchus is the mate. Right, Malchus is the final actualized product of being able to take all that was above, so to speak, on the level of spirituality and to bring it down into something practical, embodied, as it were, and to produce fruits and to, and to proliferate the world with the consciousness of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Hoid, Hoid is the left leg. Hoid is the left leg. So we have Netzach, Hoid, left and right leg, Yisoid, and then finally, Malchus, these are the lower seven Midas. Now what's fascinating to note very quickly is that Malchus in and of itself doesn't have an energy. Malchus is the receptacle of everything that's brought down within it. And this is not a Bechina of may, men and women, right? It's all of us contain these two aspects. All of us contain the aspects of male and female, just like women do collectively, right, even without getting into the depth of it, the head itself contains all the ten spheres, if you count up all the different akavim, it's a different construct, ten spheres of atzilas. We're not getting into all this now. Malchus is a kli, and within it flows down everything that exists in the upper realms. But if you think about it very deeply, Bina and Malchus, which is what we're going to get into now, have a very close relationship. Because what Malchus is on the level of the Midas, last actualized, able to bring something workable into being, which is the world that we experience around us, Malchus. Bina is in the Moichin. Keser and Chachma are processes. Where do they culminate? Bina. Okay, from Bina, we begin to descend into the next realm, which is the realm of the Midas. Bina takes what it was given, Keser and Chachma, the will and the big picture thinking, and it begins to say, okay, now we can process it and move, fo- and move forward. And Malchus does the same for all the Midas above it, for the seven Midos. And it takes what it's given and it allows for a world to be, pro- to, for a world to be created which is permeated with all the energies above. When we take the ten spheros and we look at them as ten, this is the Bechina of, like we call them, spheros very difficult to translate. In English, they become spheres, which come from the word spheros. But the Mekubalim give many reasons why they're called spheros, either Melashen misparim, right? Because that's the first way that we can relate to Hashem on the level of numbers, because Hashem is just echad yachon yuchad. But in as much as Hashem allows His oneness to reveal itself in ten facets, we call those spheros. But they're not divine, right? They're just vessels. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is echad yachon yuchad. Right, so they're numerical, so we call them spheros milash and mispar, or we call them spheros milash and sapir vanahar, they're illuminated, they're lit, they're lit up by the or in sof, by the light of Hashem. Those are called spheros. Now, we know that the name Yudke Vavke is not just some vague nebulous name that, you know, maybe is a conjugation of Hayah Hoy which of course it is. 
but that this name, which we colloquially refer to as the Shem Havaya, because we don't want to, because we can't pronounce it, so instead we refer to it as the Shem Havaya. But the word Havaya has a meaning. What's the meaning of Havaya? What does Havaya mean? Existence. Is. Isness. Right? It's existence. Havaya. It's a word, by the way. Right? Isness with a dash. It's the word. It's the world. Havaya. It's all the worlds. It's everything there is from our perspective of there having been a universe created. Havaya. And that means to say that we need to be able to see all the, all the ten spheros wrapped up and reflected in these four letters as well. But the problem is that ten does not go into four. I'm not a math guy, but that as much, you know, that much I know. A ten doesn't go into four. So how do we figure this out? It goes like this, very quickly, briefly. We're just giving like a bit of an overview, crash course type of thing, and then we're going to go into it. The letter Yud is not just the letter Yud. It contains two parts. There's the Yud itself, and then there's what's called the Kutzayshal Yud, which is the crown. All the letters have a crown. That's where the cipher begins writing the letter from, from the very, very top. That's called the Kutzayshal Yud. Now, think about this deeply. If Keser is the first emergence of something perceivable, even though it's not perceivable at all, we call Keser Ayin. We have, we have no idea what, what is in Keser. We can't describe it. Keser is just... The, the unexplainable will of God for a world and all the reasons that we give are just uh, caricatures. Right? We don't really know what, what Hashem wants from this world and anybody who tells you anything definitive, it, it's not. It's not because Kesar is ayin. We don't really know. We don't really know. We can give different reasons that Hashem wanted us to know. It's not the real thing. We don't know. It's Kesar is ayin. But it's more understandable because it's, it, it's part of the creative process than that which is above it, which is the Aryan soul, which is infinity, which is the Chlala concept that the mind can't grasp. And that means that Keser is where we start to see some emergence, like the Kudsay da Aisyod, of, of a line at least that becomes part of a letter that we can read, right? Because beyond that, it's just white parchment, it's white paper, it says nothing, it says everything. White, a white paper doesn't say nothing, it says everything that's possible to be said. It just doesn't have words that capture the whiteness in such a way that we process it in contrast to black letters. Okay, now it becomes uh, perceivable or readable. But the white parchment is mamish everything. Once the cipher begins to write any top of a letter that's called the kutsa da yud, specifically as it relates to the letter yud, that's keser. Something is emerging. We don't know what it is yet. We know that it's emerging. That's called the kutsa da yud. That's keser. The very, very top of the yud is keser. The Yud itself is called Chachma. So Keser and Chachma are within the Yud. Why is Chachma in the Yud? Because the Yud is the only letter that's undifferentiated. It just is a, like a dot. It doesn't move. It hasn't expressed itself. It hasn't extended itself. Like we said about Chachma, big picture thinking, Koyachma, all in, involved and encapsulated within this letter Yud. The first He is Bina. So Yud and He are already the Moichin. That's already the Bechina of Keser, the Yud itself is Chachma, big picture thinking. And then the first He is Bina, Shem Havaya, split in half. Now we understand why there are two parts of Yud Ke Vav Ke, because we said there are really two parts in the spheres, the Moichin and the Midas. And so as it relates to the Moichin, we have Yud and Ke. Karasi Ka, Anani Bamerchav Ka. That's referring to Yud and He, the Moichin. Okay, without getting into that plastic now. That's Yud and He. Now we begin to descend into the Midas. Vav is gematria six. That means that the letter Vav contains within it the six spheros 
from chesed to yesod, which like we said, we explained is, is basically all the midos, because malchus is only what? Is only a kli. And so that's six, that, that letter vav, gematria six, contains within it all of those spheres. And then the last hey, finally, is malchus. And that's the whole system. When you look at the Shem Yudke Bavke, it says the Shari Aura and Shari Hey, which we don't have in front of us, very, very deeply it says you have to be very careful when you say the Shem Avaya, because in your mouth when you say Yudke Bavke, even though we don't pronounce it, we pronounce it Adni, which itself stands for Malchus, as we're going to see. You just held within your mouth all of creation. All of it. From the beginning of Keser until the end of Malchus, of Asiya, these spheres, when they're seen as encapsulated within the letters Yud Kevavke, are also related to the Arba Oilamois. Yud Kevavke is four worlds. Atsilos is Yud. The first He is, is Beria. The Vav is Yitzira. The final He is Asiya. These are also related to Eish Ruach Maim Afar. These are also related to Daimim Tzameach Chaim Edaber. These are also related to the four Chayas on the Merkava. These are also related to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov and David. Everything that there is in creation, because everything is built on the blueprint of the ten spheres, you just held in your mouth when you were Mechav and Yud Kevavke and you said Aleph Dalamun Yud. Everything there is, not a simple thing, an amazing thing. The power of deep word. One word captures everything there is to be captured. The reason that I started to speak about Yud Kevavke is because I want you to focus in on two letters in this shame that are the same which are, of course, the He and the He. Which spheres do these represent? The first He is Bina, right? Because the, because the Yud is Kutzadah, Yud is Kesar, and the Yud itself is Chachma, Bina. And the final He is Malchus. And they're the same letter because, like I said, like we've learned, they're really the same thing. What Malchus is in the Midas, Bina is in the Moichin. Good. Now with this very brief introduction, let's take a look at the first source over here, Shari Aira, and we have to move a little bit now. Says the Heilige Shari Aira, Shusya Gnaleinu. Da Kisviras Bina, the name, I'm sorry, the Sphira of Bina, Nichtebes, is written as Yudke Vavke Venikris Elokim. Anytime that you see in Tanakh, where there's the shame Yudke Vavke, but it's Benikud Elokim, you don't read it Yudke Vavke, and really the only real time that you find this, to my knowledge, is when it's preceded by the name Aleph Dalanun Yud, right? Because then you know that that's called Yudke That's how you pronounce Adoi, right? Adni. And then the next name, you don't say Adni Adni, because you can't read Yudke Vavke, so it becomes Adni Elokim, right? That's, that's primarily where you find it. It comes up a, num- a number of times in Tilim and another and another and other places, which he brings some uh, uh, of those examples later on in the Shah. So it's written as Yudke Vavke, and we pronounce it Elokim. And he says, and again, we just really learned all of this outside, so I'm going to go a little bit more quickly here, but now we are familiar with the basics of it, so we can go a little bit more quickly. It is the revelation of the first three spheres, which like we said is Keser, Chachma, and Bina, called the Moichin Asher Ayyidehem Ezgala Ar HaKeser Vaharatzin. That reveals the light of Keser, the crown, which sits above the mind, which comes before the thought process, which is wrapped up into the aspect of will, of desire, of Ratzon. And then it sends down 
all of what originated in the mind, and of course, again, the mind, just like it is in our creative processes, the mind is what energizes everything else. Because without really thinking about it first, you're not going to be able to go ahead and to practically start to bring the, the, the project into being, right? And so the mind energizes. The mind is the spiritual source. It's the, it's the, um, it's the motor. It's the engine. Just like, just like our brain is the engine for everything else in the body. If a person's brain, then nothing else is working. Everything is in the mind. So then Bina goes ahead and begins to emerge into the seven days of the week, starting from Chesed. And that's why we say, Oilam, where was the world built from? Where did it begin? Chesed Yibane. It began to be built from Chesed, which is why, like we said, from this world, you don't see 10. You don't see patterns of 10. You see patterns of seven, because seven is what was embodied and reflected in the world seven. And the word Yibane, which means is built, is the same letters as Bina. Oilam chesed yibane, which means the, the, the world which begins and embodies those seven traits, yibane, is built up from the Bechina of Bina. That's where it emerges from. Until it comes down to the sphere of Yisoyed, like we said, which is the end of the Midos that have their own characteristics. Yisoyed Zion Spheros, that is seven Spheros. And then Az Midas Yisoyed, which is the bris, which is the, which is the end, so to speak, of that process. Chayzeris Amrika Kolmeni Hashef Abatilis Habrachas Bimidas Malchus Hanikris Adni goes ahead and brings all of that energy down into Malchus, which is the Kli, which is the receptacle, which produces our physical world, which is Mushlam, complete and reflective of the beginning of the process, Soif Masa, the end of the process, is reflective of that which existed in the beginning, Bereshis. V'lafikach, therefore, Nikris Bas Sheva. Malchus is called Bas Sheva. You see the word Bas Sheva? It's a, it's a Kabbalistic allusion to the Sphira of Malchus. Kolemar Sphira Hamisparnesas Misheva Sphira Sashalah Shem Bina Gedula, which is another word for Chesed, Gevura, Tiferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yesoid. Starting from Bina, counting downward, there are seven Bina, even though there are seven days of the week, but that's with Malchus. Leave Malchus out. Where does the whole thing start from? Bina. Bina. Receives from Chachma, which receives from Keser, and then begins to send all the Shefa down through the other six days of the week, which is until Friday, and then Malchus is the Kli. And so Malchus is called Bas Sheva because it is the product, it is the result of the seven Midos above it, starting from Bino, which is the first Hay, uh, filtering down through the six Sviros, which is the Vav, coming down into Malchus. Bina and Malchus. And that's why it's called Bas Sheva. Vizel Bas Sheva. We find in the Torah there are two terminologies, phrases, that contain the word Sheva. There's Bas Sheva and there's Be'er Sheva. Says the, says the Mekubal over here that Kabbalistically, these two are a reference to the two Hays of Yud Kevavke. Koloimar, Be'er Hamesmalis Mizayin Asfiris. Either Be'er Sheva can be seen as a reference to Malchus, again, being filled up with everything that's coming down upon it. But he says, But it can also be seen as a reference to the world of Bina. Because Bina is the Be'er. Bina is the, the container. Right? Bina contains all of the spirituality on the level of the mind, which, like we said, is the energizer. And then sends it all down into Bas Sheva. Bas Sheva and Be'er Sheva. The first He is Be'er Sheva, Bina. And then the final He is Malchus, which is Bas Sheva. 
because it's sending down into all the lower spheres. Shefa, this is the rule. The er sheva who said habina laharig bracha lazayin sphere shall mata. The er sheva is a reference to bina, which again contains all the blueprint, like the encoded uh, um, um, architectural blueprint in the spiritual realms, and then it begins the process of bringing that into actualization, which results and culminates rather in bas sheva. Bas sheva, he says, he amalchus malchus. brachim when it is filled up as a ready vessel turned toward its source, understanding that it in and of itself is nothing, but it receives that which is being sent down upon it. In such a state, Malchus becomes Bas Sheva, filled with all the energies of the upper worlds. And then the world is in a state of tick, and the world is complete and filled with Bracha. Have you noticed? The world is not complete and is not filled with Bracha. Do you know why that is? Based on what we're saying? Because in order for that to happen, Malchus needs to be seeing itself as a vessel. It needs to stop thinking that it is the source. And all the while that the world is in a state of ego and is in a state of, of, of obsession with physicality and blind to the spiritual reality, to the fact that all of us are little receptacles, little walking vessels meant to be looking upward and asking Hashem for things, which is why Malchus is embodied in the asp- in the Bechina of Tefillah, that getting to the depth of that, but Tefillah is Mamish Malchus, Tefillah La'ani Kiyatov, Malchus is an Ani, it's a pauper, it doesn't have, it's not the wealthy one, it receives what's being given to it, and that's why Tefillah La'ani Kiyatov, Tefillah is connected to Malchus, because Tefillah means that we're asking, all the while that the world is not a prayerful world, the world cannot be filled with Shefa because it's a vessel but it's turned away from its source Hashem says if you've turned your back to me you need to turn around that's the site of Tshuva which we began our series with in the beginning we talked about Tshuva means to, to return to the source to go back to Bina to go back to the place of the Kisiyah covered like we learned very deeply over there the place of unity to stop being so dragged down into a world of separateness but to see all facets of the separateness that we experience throughout life as being different kinds of kalim for the light of the echad yachad and yuchad. So he says, when Malchus is turned toward its source as a kli, facing everything above it, it's filled with bracha, and it sends that bracha through the world. back inside, these two spheres, which is bina and Malchus, the first Hey of Yud and the last Hey of Yud also referred to, and I, I, I don't want to complicate matters even more. I hope you're, you're still with me. I hope. They're also referred to as the mother and the daughter. They're getting into the depth of it. It's Mamish. They have a relationship. It's the mother and the daughter, Bina and Malchus. Very deep. They have a strong connection. These two are responsible for the actualization of what began in Keser, which is Hashem's Ratzon. Hashem wanted something. There's a two-tier process to bring it into fruition. There's the thought process, which culminates in Bina, and then there's the actualized process, which Bina starts, that culminates in Malchus. These two are really the linchpins that the whole system relies on. Bina and Malchus. Bina culminating the realm of the spiritual blueprint, and then Malchus culminating the realm of the actualized process of creation. These two, very connected, these two.
They bring existence into being. Like we said, Bina draws from the higher realms, from the realm of, of desire and the realm of big picture thinking. Okay, it starts to bring things more into the realm of the Olam Gashmi. What's called Yesh Me'ayin. Bina is the place of Yesh Me'ayin. Something, we can see something, it's not just nothingness, which is Chachma, which, which the Pasik says, Chachma Me'ayin Timatse. The Chachma already emerges from Ayin. So Chachma shares in the Bechin of Keser, which is, we, we, do, we have no Asaga in it, right? Chachma Me'ayin Timatse is still nothing, it's still Ayin, it's still nothingness. Bina is Yesh Me'ayin. Bina starts to bring things into actualization. That's the job of Bina. And then, and then that shefa, that divine effluence, that divine energy filters through the whole cascade of this creative process until it comes down to Malchus. Malchus brings all the energy of all the spheres that are above it. And on that place, which is the world that we're living in, shefa fills the world. Malchus is the site of the Parnes, right? It's the spiritual entity that exists beyond what we're able to see with our own physical eyes that brings vitality, that brings everything into life. And it draws again on the higher realms, higher realms, higher realms, which are all receptacles for the light of the Echad, Yachad, and Yuchad, which fills all the spheres, as the Pasach Elio says, which many of many Yidin say um, in the beginning of Davening, Nesach Svard, it's included in the beginning of the Siddur, where it explains the spheres as being bodies for the soul of a Kaddish Baruch so to speak, because they are not divine, chas v'shalom, in and of themselves, they're only kalim. Im Kane, and this is what we wanted to get to. These two are aligned, and we already explained they're connected in the, in the concept of Yud Kevavke, they're the same letter. They are aligned one with the other, the mother and the daughter, Bina and Malchus. Again, from that place of Bina, all the bracha comes down into Malchus Vasoid, Vinar Yoitsemi Eden. This is the side of the river flows out of Eden, who side Bina. This is the side of Bina, is the Nahar that leaves Eden. And this passage, of course, is in Parshish Bereshis. And it tells us that a Kaddish Baruch who created Eden and he created a Gan in Eden. And there was a connection between Eden and the Gan. Says the Heliga Shari Oira, the Nahar is Bina. That leaves Aden, which is the higher realms of Keser and Chachma. Nahar brings it down. Lahashkes esha gan. What's the gan? Of course, is Malchus. Bina starts the process, brings that whole energy of Hashem's desire and his big picture thinking, starts to flow down through all the worlds, all the creative steps, until it flows down and saturates the gan, filling it with every kind of bracha and atzlacha and parnasa and shefa. And then, not going to get into this now to read it inside, but he continues and he finishes by saying that these two midas are called tzedek. Bina is called tzedek elyon, and Malchus is called tzedek tachtoin. And he says that's the site of the Pasuk, tzedek, tzedek tirdoif. You shall surely run after tzedek. He says, Al it's talking about Malchus and Bina. Tzedek, tzedek tirdoif. A person should pursue Malchus, which means look beyond it, find the spiritual source, and that will bring you to Bina. You can find a deeper realm beyond the physical world. Go into Malchus, penetrate, right? Sedek Tirdav, pursue this realm of Malchus. Don't suffice with what you see on the surface, go into it. Sedek, 
and that will bring you to Tzedek, Tirdek, to the realm of Bina, to the first Hei of Yudkei where everything begins. Now, one final note about Bina and Malchus is that these two are also referred to as Olam Hazeh and Olam Habba. Bina is the place of Olam Habba. It's the place that's beyond the physical world. Malchus is Mamish, this world. Right? The six spheres are just the process that brings Bina into Malchus, which is so deep. All this is very deep, of course. Olam Hazeh and Olam Habba. Shabbos is Malchus. It's the final day of the week. And the seven days of the week, like we said, are fashioned after or receptacles for the seven lower midos. That means that finally we get to Shabbos. Shabbos is Malchus. Shabbos receives from everything that it gets from during the week. All of our avoida during the week, it goes up to Shemaim on Shabbos. Shabbos is the sum total of the days of the week. But Shabbos, therefore, is me'ein oilam haba. Shabbos is me'ein oilam haba. Because why? Malchus is reflective of Bina. Whatever is in Bina, it's reflected in Malchus to those who have the eyes to see it. Because Malchus is just step two, right? Step seven. But step two in allowing Bina to take that which is in the realms beyond, in the more spiritual places of Hashem's Ratzon and that Chachma big picture thinking, and to actualize it into Malchus. That's why Shabbos is Me'in Olam Hava, because Malchus, Olam Hazeh, is itself Me'in Olam Hava. Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdayf, go beyond, go beyond to look deeper and to find the source for things and to see ourselves in this world as just kalim, empty vessels, not which is the site of Shabbos because Shabbos is all about Amuna, and Amuna means that for one day a week we stop working and we're, we have Parnasa anyway, right? That's the Bechina and Shabbos. We realize everything comes from Hashem. That's the Amuna that comes from Malchus being seen as a Kli that's turned toward a Kodesh Baruch Hu and Nachas Hashem turns in the opposite direction, which is why Shabbos is the Makar HaBracha, because that's the Makar of all Bracha, is to stop with the illusion of control and to open up to a Kodesh Baruch Hu that Hashem run our lives. Ad Khan introduction. 41 minutes, okay, not too bad. <laughs> is this clear in any kind of way? The Chevra is still holding with me? Yeah? Okay. Bina has a very, very unique characteristic. This needs a lot of focus. You know, it would be better maybe, I'm forgetting your name, if you could move to some place where I could see you. It's probably a little bit better. There's a seat right over here. Bina has a very unique characteristic. Because unlike the rest of the spheres, and this needs a lot of focus, the Zayr HaKadosh refer... Oh, now I can't see the other get behind you. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a seat over here. There are seats in the front. Okay, let's not let's not lose it. Yeah, however, we need every minute. We need every minute. So, the Zara Kaddish refers to Bina with a very very unique appellation, and it says as follows: Bina, mina dinin misari. Bina is the place where din begins. Very deep. Very, very deep. Because the truth is it begins even higher. But, begadol. Bina is the place where din begins. Severity, harsh judgment. Bina is not din. 
Bina is still in the place of Rachamim, the place of the mind. The mind is infinite. There's no constriction. There's no Bina is, is in the realm of the Alma the Yehuda. It's, 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 it's before the seven days of the week. It's before Olam Chesed Yibana. It's before the world of, of, of separateness begins to emerge. It's wrapped up with the brains within the skull. We can't see the divergence of left and right, even though Bina is on the left, which is part of what I hinted to before that there already is Din higher. Bina is, is Mamash one. And oneness is Chesed. Echad is gematria ava. That, that's, that's total chesed. But the Zarkadish doesn't say bina is din. It says bina is the place from which din emerges. How so? Because if we described achdus as being ava, then what must din be? Pirud. Pirud, separateness. Separateness is din. Where I start to focus on one part and not the other. And I don't accommodate both. That's called din. That's a din taira. One person wins, one person loses. This is, this is pira. This is separateness. Focusing on the individual instead of the klal. It's a very important midah. But we need to understand that bina has two aspects. The higher realm of bina, like we said, is wrapped up into the Ahmad Yehuda. But it's from bina that separateness begins to emerge. As this relates to malchus, because Malchus, like we said, is only a reflection of what exists in Bina, the last hay reflecting the first hay. Malchus, too, contains both of these aspects in a much more extreme way. Malchus, Bina is called the based in Elyon, based in Elyon, based in Agadol. Malchus is called based in Tachta. Also as Din, but in a much more extreme way. Listen to this carefully. In the actualized step of Malchus as the world that literally we're living in, like, like now we know what's beyond the world. You and me, sfarim on shelves, eaters, tables, chairs, in this world, because it emerges from the place of Bina, which contains these two aspects, It has the potential to become a place of incredible din, which in this sense means incredible concealment of Hashem. Incredible concealment of Hashem. Because whereas Bina begins to allow a world to emerge, and on the level of the world emerging, it's still pretty connected to the world of Achdos, and we see where things came from, Be'er Sheba, that's, that was the source. I mean, understand that Bina is connected to Chachma, it's connected to Keser. Drawing from the world of the Ein Sof, it's all connected to Achdos. Okay, so the seven days of the week. But on the level of the actualized product, you can go your entire life, and I can go my entire life, people can go and do go their entire lives with living in a world like we described before, the completely Olama Zedeka focused. Seeing nature as hiding Hashem, which is something that we've spoken about a lot in this year. That's the din of Malchus which already began, the shayrish of it was in Bina, because that's where things start to separate from the world of Achtos, from the world of Ashma Yisrael Hashem, Hashem Echad, everything is Yudkevavka, everything is... There are the early roots and early seeds for concealment when oneness splits into manyness. And as it relates to Malchus, it becomes a world full of such fragmentation that we can't find Hashem, we can't find Achdus in it. The, the world is just too, it's too full of, of, of difference and distinction. We can't find the Echad in it. On the other hand, 
when Malchus is Bishle Musa, which Bezer Hashem we're going to get to in the next year. We don't have Shir next week because we're in Manchester, but the week afterwards we're going to get very deeply into the next Shlav of this system, which is called Yichud Kutshabri Chushchinte, which we don't have time for now. We don't have time for really much else now. We have to go very quickly, Chavar, now. Hashem's help so much we have to give over. As it relates to, 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 to the unity of, of Bina, so Malchus, in the world of Shlemus, like we talked about, Malchus is me'ein oilam hava, we can see the world as being full of Hashem's unity. There's nothing that reveals Hashem more than this world. That's what we learned about in, in many of the previous year, and that's what Shabbos is. Shabbos is the same world. It's a a different world, because we develop different eyes with which to look at the world. And this world contains these two elements again because it's the final Hev Yud that reflects the first Hev Yud that contains the root for these two experiences. The top half is Achtos, then it begins to split into fragmentation. Oilam Chesed, Yibana. Bina becomes concealed. That's why it's not Oilam Chesed, Bina. But Yibana, the, world, the word is already scrambled. It's already hidden. The world begins to descend into multiplicity and fragmentation. That's Malchus. Okay, now let's take a look at the second source. Now we need major kvitsa zaderach, Hashem Sal. All b'siyata d'shmaya. Shtei madregas ba'aliyah ba'akara ba'ashem izbarach. There are two madregas of understanding and recognizing Hashem in the world. Ata, he says, b'knis ha-shabbos. This is a sefer, very popular sefer. One of the svarim in a super popular set, isn't it? which is written by an anonymous Talmud of Rav Itchemeyer Morgenstern Shlita in Eretz Yisrael. And this Sfarim are called Bayam Dar Kecha. They have one on Hashem. They have one on, on Shabbos. They have one on Elul. <clears throat> an amazing set of Sfarim, bringing the deepest, deepest depth of, of Pnimi Satara into super understandable, down-to-earth, relatable, implementable terms. If you don't have this, the Sfarim, I'm sure you can find it. I don't know if they sell them here in Eretz Yisrael. Bayam Dar Kecha. So he is speaking now about Kabbalah Shabbos. And he says, "Ata beknisa Shabbos." At this moment, when Shabbos begins to enter, maschilu lihikanis banu kedusha Shabbos hamarei memes oisano. I apologize for going a little bit quickly. We're in a bit of a rush. Okay, so we're going to try as much as we can to get through it, and just just hold on, hang on tight as usual. Okay, hamarei memes oisano. Shabbos lifts us up. But in this lifting up, shana misroimim lahaker as bereinu yeshtei chalakim. There are two kinds of the ways in which on Shabbos, as Shabbos is coming, in Kabbalah Shabbos, we're able to relate to HaKadosh Baruch and our increased perception of Him. The first is our Neshamas and Kabbalah Shabbos are lifted up becomes clear to us in our heart, in our mind. Just a general clarity into the fact that there is a God. Clear. It's clear. The level of heart and mind. We get to an even higher level. We're able to be misboining in Hashem's incredible godless and His infinitude and Hakadosh Baruch Hu's incredible, awesome infinity. Perceiving Hashem in and of Himself, as it were. To begin to perceive HaKadosh Baruch Hu's endless greatness. This is one level of what we're able to perceive and attain as Shabbos is coming in again. We have to be conscious of it. All this can happen. Most people are oblivious to it. And that's it. We want to live like we're talking about. 
That's chelik echad. Chelik beis, chelik hasheni hu. Ma'ashem is galalano malchus Hashem is barach ba'olam. This is already something else. The presence of Hashem revealed within the world. That we can actually see with our own eyes. This is not on the level of concept to be misboinen in this that Hashem exists in the upper realms beyond. No. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mamish is here. called Dabar Bibriya within every single facet of creation is Aravaya Shemachaya Oisai the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that brings it into being like we described through the system of the spheres through the system of the Oilamais. Umaslichim Lichyais Yoisai Vadahargish Yoisai and we're able to live a little bit stronger. And we're able to feel a little bit more intensely as an Hagas Hashem is Baruch Davar We come to admit and we come to recognize that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is guiding everything. and to come to perceive Shemalchusai, the sphere of Malchus, Shabachal Mashallah. Hakadosh Baruch Hu's Malchus permeates all. This world again is a, a vessel, a receptacle for all the, the spheres beyond that are brought into being by Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So he says, like a brisker chakir over here, there are two nekudas, right, in this thing called recognizing Hashem. he, the first one is, etzem ha'havana sheyesh Hashem Yisbarach. It's just knowing that there is a God. That's on the one hand, just to think, abstract, Hashem. And understanding, Hakadosh Baruch is infinite. Hakadosh Baruch is Kol Yachal. Hakadosh Baruch is Echad, and so on. The Chalza Mitzad Atzmi is Baruch. This is all a reflection of Hashem as He is, so to speak, transcendent, infinite godliness. Before there's a world, before there's even a Kesser, before there's a Kutzada Oisiyud, before anything, Hashem as Hashem, as it were. That's one level. But only Vadzois, but beyond this, Yesh is Achelik Hasheni. There's another aspect. Shehu, Laatzliach Lirois, Holigalis, says Malchus, Van Hagas, Hashem is Baruch Khan, Besoichabria. This takes into account that there is a world, and that aspect of a Kodesh Baruch whose infinite greatness in some way filters down through this incredible system to reveal itself within our world itself. Lirois, to come to see and to recognize, Eshum is Galam and Avram, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself to his creatures. V'lachoish, and to sense, Es Hanagasai Umalchusa B'poyal, to feel that everything is a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not just Hashem, is some abstract concept somewhere deep beyond. If you're banging on a table Kabbalah Shabbos, or you're feeling the, 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 feet, the, the floor under your feet, or you're looking at the person standing next to you, this is a revelation of HaKadosh Nothing is natural. Natural is an illusion. Teva is an illusion. Everything is a giloy of godliness, a giloy of alikus. And this is the second hakara that Shabbos grants us. Vihine. Atta so now, the Kabbalah Shabbos of Lel Shabbos, and Kabbalah Shabbos and Lel Shabbos, Ikr ha'aliyah hibachelik hasheni. The primary focus is on, the, is on this second aspect. Because again, Shabbos is connected Malchus. And Malchus is the actualized physical world. But on Shabbos, it's not just a Malchus, Chas v'shalom, of the Sitra Achor, which is the moon that does not reflect the light of the sun. But Malchus becomes infused with the brilliant illumination of the sun, which means to say that it becomes Me'en Olam Haba. Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdoy. There's a Yichud between the last Hay and the first Hay. And we're able to rise to the higher realms beyond. And so the focus is on the second aspect. There's a world, and the world is filled with elukus. Which means, which we'll get into in the, in the following shir of Israel Hashem, the concept of the Shechina. 
Our neshamas are strengthened. La'atzliach lyrus is his galus malchus va'anhagas Hashem's birth b'soicha elam. We can perceive Hakadosh Baruch Hu's presence within the created world. V'lachain therefore. The main thing, the main thing, the main thing on Shabbos is a shtoikikus, is yearning, is tremendous yearning, tremendous yearning. Because at this point, we get the sense that there's something deeper in existence. And if we don't feel it, we need to yearn to feel it. This is what the Neshama wants, to live with a constant perception of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, nothing less. The main avoid of Kabbalah Shabbos is yearning. It's tremendous yearning. Without going into the whole depth of it now, very, 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 very deeply, quickly, we're going to get into all of this. Be'ezer Hashem and later Shirim. Be'ezer Hashem. Chachma, and the higher part of Bina, so to speak, is the level of Achdos. That's the level of a Kurdish Baruch Hu as he exists in the upper realms. Bina, fragmentation, is the level on which a Kurdish Baruch Hu starts to descend down into the lower realms. These are the two aspects. One, there's Hashem, some upper realm up there. And then the second half of Bina, reflected in Malchus, there's a world and there's Hashem in the world. Where do Chachma and Bina come from? Where do they emerge from? From Keser. What's Keser? Ratzon. That's a Kodesh Baruch Hu's desire. For what? What is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's taiva? HaKadosh Baruch Hu's desire was Saif Mase, which is Malchus. Very, very deep. Hold on with me. It begins in a Kodesh Baruch Hu's Keser, in a Kodesh Baruch Hu wanting something. It's not the only thing that Hashem desires. What else does Hashem desire? The tefillah of tzaddikim, tefillah, like we said, as malchus, tefillah the anikiyatay. It's the same thing. Hashem wants human beings in a world that are a vessel facing up, ready to receive what a kodesh baruch is sending down. That's what a kodesh baruch desires. Do you know what our desire is? Says the gemara brachas, We desire what he desires because we understand that his desire is our deepest desire, just like a father wants nothing more than what is best for his son. And sometimes the son is not even able to understand it. He just needs to trust that the father loves him to death and to life, right? And that the father, Mamish, wants what he wants in the deepest, deepest, deepest way. And so these two Ritzayinists merge. Therefore, the Iker, primary avoid of Kabbalah Shabbos is Ishtoikikos. Because it's the combination between Chachma and Bina. The combination between knowing there's a God all the way up there, so to speak, transcendent, and also HaKadosh Baruch Hu is yoyed down into the world of fragmentation. Because Malchus brings us back to Keser. Soif Masa reflects the Machshav Atchila. Ritzaneinu merges with Lasis Ritzanecha. And on that level, all there is is yearning, endless yearning, to embody HaKadosh Baruch Hu's vision, what he wants, and to bring that to life within our own heart and mind. This is why he keeps on saying, Ratzin, Ishtoikik, is yearning. Each and every one of us feel on Shabbos. It's on me. It's on me, like we said, to see, ah, I have a part in this. I have a tachlis. I have a purpose. I have a place. That's the side like we learned about the lighting of the nearest Shabbos, that there's clarity in the house. Each one of us has a part in this, a place in this. We machaye umahave es akal, the Kodesh Baruch who brings everything into being. This leads to a tremendous yearning toward Hashem. When we see everything, everything emerges from Hashem. And everything depends on Hashem. He and His life force is the, is the vitality that's bringing everything into being.
skip now, if you can, to Gimel, to Ais Gimel. Beis is important, but it's not super important for now. In Beis, he speaks about how all of this happens through Kabbalah Shabbos, and singing, and feeling, and, and, and Kabbalah Shabbos is the time to feel all of this. But I want to focus on Ais Gimel, and then we'll come to the end. It's important to experience Kabbalah Shabbos not alone. Even though halachically there's no problem with doing it alone. It's not, you don't need a minion for it. That's the Kaddish. But it's important to do Kabbalah Shabbos. The Gemara didn't say, okay, let's split up and, and hit it. Let's go all together. And this that Arizal says, the Arizal says, they were all together in the city. That's the Lashon of the Arizal based on this Gemara. They would gather together to go out to the field to go greet the respected guest, which is Shabbos. He explains this why this is so important to go ahead and to gather together and to go out. And with this we come to, 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 the, to the end, the last segment, and we'll just learn the Chavis Atamidim quickly. Mizgala, it's revealed. That the world of separateness, multiplicity, distinction, the lower half of Bina as it unravels into the lower seven Midas and then finally culminates in Malchus, which can either see itself as being the Levana, like we said, that reflects the light of the sun, Gevald, or Mamish, a stone cold, dark planet, that, a moon, whatever it is, that doesn't reflect anything which is the way that most people are perceiving life, right? The physical world as an end in and of itself, which is lifeless, essentially. By Kabbalah Shabbos, we come to the understanding that all of the creations within the world, Sheyesh Babriya, everything in creation, Shoyresh Kulam Echad. Everything emerges from oneness. How so? Because again, Shabbos is Malchus. Malchus and Bina are aligned. In Bina, we have the tragic possibility of experiencing the unraveling of unity into separateness, and then we can get lost in that, which we talked about in our shear. I think it was uh, uh, the fourth shear in the series. We talked about Yaakov Avinu, Kisya Kavod. We said, Asa Likim Asa Adam Yashar, Kodesh Baruch who created us just straight. And then we get lost. We start wandering off the path in many ways. But on the other hand, if that's where all fragmentation begins, that's also where all fragmentation ends. And that's why the Zara Kaddish says that all fixing of Din, not only does Din begin from Bina, but if you want to sweeten Din, you have to bring it back to the place of Bina. Back to the place where it began. You're going to only sweeten the harshness at its core, not just to treat the symptoms. Go back to the, to the core. Go back to the place where it began to unravel. Shabbos me'en alam haba means that on Shabbos we begin to look around the world, the same world that we saw during the week as being so full of different kinds of people and different experiences and different fragmented facets of creation that's so multifaceted and that's so diverse and that's so distinct, distinct and split into many different distinct facets and we see it as being a kli, like the Levana to the Shemesh 
for the unified light of Bina, where it begins and where it is rooted and from which it emerges. And he says, this is Shabbos. To come to the realization that there's a unified creator. That this light is one. I, but this world is many. And in this world, there's night and day. And there's, and there's an experience of goodness and, and, and good days and bad days. And, and, and there's different stages of life. And there are different people. And there are different perspectives. And so on and so forth. That's true. But that doesn't come to deny the unity of the Creator. These are just all the varied ways that Hashem's unity comes to expression. There are just many different kalim for the light of the Creator. It's a whole different thing. This is Shabbos. Shabbos me'in olam haba. Olam haba is bina. Tzedek elyon. The place of unity. To bring all the disparity back to its shayrish. In Hashem. Echad yachad miyuchad. So he says, therefore, on the one hand, we need the Pratim. Because the Kodesh Baruch who needs the world to allow us to perceive Hashem's unity. And paradoxically, if that unity is to come to expression, we need a world filled with different kinds of people and different perspectives and different, and different stages and experiences and circumstances and pasts and present and future, different times. And we need all of this distinction. So we need the Prat. And we need this cat, and we need this dog, and we need this, you know, this person, we need that person. We need, we need everything in and of themselves because each person is a uniquely colored stained glass window that comes together with all the other uniquely colored stained glass windows through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light shines to the world. But we need each and every puzzle piece. It's one picture the puzzle comes to express, but each puzzle piece captures a different and unique of that oneness. And we certainly need every Jew. But on the other hand, we need to understand. And that's the revelation of Shabbos. The world is one. Am Yisrael are one. We are all vessels for a unified light. That light is called Bina. We begin to see the light of unity that comes down and descends within all the disparate vessels. That's what we refer to when we talk about the divinity that reveals itself within creation. That's shochen, that's called the shechina, as opposed to kutshabrichu, which we'll talk about in the, in the following shir, the transcendent element of God, which we describe, the shechina. Kach, in such a way, and this will come to the end, they call yachid. You and I are bringing this into being vis-a-vis or in accordance with the level of our consciousness by Kabbalah Shabbos. We are bringing all of this into being. But it can't just be you alone. Because you alone are only one part of the picture. You alone are just one vessel. Kabbalah Shabbos needs to be in a tzibur of yichidim. One kli multiplied by many kalim and then unified as one understood as being partners in revealing the light of Achdus, like the Gemara says, I'll call Bey Asara Shrimtasharya. It's every ten Jews get together a minion, then the light of unity reveals itself. And you would say, what do you mean? <laughs> the more people you have, the less unity there is. No. Ten people, ten spheros, one complete creative system, different Kalim that serve as receptacles and vessels and tools and channels to reveal the light of Achdus. That's why Kabbalah Shabbos needs to take place. Bechabura.
With this, very quickly, I know we're going over time, please forgive me. Just try to go another five minutes and nothing more. With this, I want to try to explain the pnimius of Rabbi Yanai and Rabbi Hanina of the previous two shiurim, the Simcha and the Yira. We learned last week that Yira is a response to the Bechina of Rachaik, Kaddish Baruch who is distant from us. In order for something to be distant, there needs to be period, separateness, din. Yira is associated with din. This week's parasha, layyelacha, as opposed to anoichi. It's the sharish of all mitzvahs, loisa say. There's richa. Don't do that. There's separateness. There's distance between us and a Kurdish Baruch Hu. That's Rabbi Yanai's yira. That's the bechina of the din of bina, as it reflects in malchus, which becomes a world of disparate multiplicity and fragmentation. That's Rabbi Yanai. And Rabchanina is this ability to perceive all of that separateness as serving as a receptacle for the light of the Echad, Yachad, and Yuchad. Echad, like we said, is Gematria Ava, which is Chesed, which is why he says, he's the one who says, let's gather together and go out into the field of fragmentation. What happens in a field? Many different kinds of plants are growing, each one unique in and of itself. We refer to it all as a field, but a field that's composed of one stalk is not much of a field. It's a place of separateness. The field, like we learned, is a malchus. Chakal tapuchin is a reference to malchus. Reb Hanina is the simcha of knowing, sure, there's a world. But this world, with all of its separateness and fragmentation, is lit up with the light of the echad. And that means that if bina contains two separate parts, the part where it's subsumed within the achdos, and the part where it devolves into disparate separateness. And that's the first Heb Yud And Malchus, which is the last, the final Heb, the second Heb Yud is reflective of this. And Shabbos is Malchus. And Shabbos is Me'in Alam Haba. Then when Shabbos comes in, there need to be emotional mirrors of these two aspects. And this becomes Rabbi Yanai and Rabbi Hanina. This becomes Yira, Rachaik, separateness, and the greatest joy of Achdus, of Karev. Kaddish Baruch Hu is so close. Kaddish Baruch Hu fills all that there is. Let's finish with the Chavis HaTamidim. It, it's not a whole limud, it's just poetry, so we'll just read it very quickly. And this will end. HaMedrash Eicha Oimer Shu'umais HaOilam Tmehim Alim. The Medrash tells us that the nations of the world are in wonderment. And they ask, How is this that Am Yisrael are constantly being murdered for, for, for Al-Kiddush Hashem throughout the generations? Chatz V'Shalom. Nebuch, just this past week, right? They give themselves to all the Arab Mises based in. They give themselves in the, 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 the nations of the world can't understand it. Says the Kodesh. He says, if this is what you're wondering about, he says, we will add on to your wonder. We're shocked over the fact that this is what you're shocked by. Because it's not just that we die al Kiddush Hashem. It's not just that we die al Kiddush Hashem. We live al Kiddush Hashem. 
they're challenged with being koifer and saying that there's no God, so they jump into the fire. No. Our lives, the Jewish life, the life of, of Avoida is filled with tests. From the moment that we emerge from the womb, till the moment that we take our last breath, we're a nirdav. We're being pursued, constantly pursued. This world is a very narrow bridge. This world is a dangerous place. Every head is sick, every heart is weighted and heavy. But even the simplest Jew doesn't remove himself from a Kaddish Baruch, no matter come what may. His entire life, not one Kechutasara, not a hair's breadth. Even though we may fall, but deep inside we're connected, we're connected, we're yearning, we're That's all that we want. This is who he is. This is who we are. Even our pulse, our heartbeat, every breath that we take, they're filled with Messias Nefesh. We try to learn Torah. We try to keep Shabbat. We pay, try to pay, try to pay. Tuition for our children in the schools. We're Moiser Nefesh. And this is what we tell the non-Jews, the Goyim. We're Moiser Nefesh. Why you, the non-Jews, you ask, Don't you know that it's not just us? Don't you know that the Jewish nation is not just any other nation? Listen to these words. Can't you see? A reference to Bina, Tzedek Elyon. Anytime in Kabbalah you see the word Elyon, it's always a reference to Bina. Can't you see that the Matronisa Ilah, the mother which he's referring here Kabbalistically to Bina. Can't you see that that's what works within our hearts? That we're not just any other people. But there's a light of unity that's revealed within each and every one of us. Beyond this world, which is Bina, beyond the seven Midas, that all the challenges and the, and the difficulties, that can't shake Bina. Bina exists, it's rooted in a place beyond the world. No Nesiyonis can touch it, no challenge can reach it. It will never prevent it from bringing its purpose into fruition. We say to the nations of the world, the day is coming. The great Shabbos is coming. Asher Ba'ala that its husband, the Bechin of HaKadosh Baruch, will come to save us. Mechol Yiki Meno Me'afri in Arena, HaKadosh Baruch will heal us from our sickness. He will lift us from the dust. And that light will emerge with the deepest expression and the deepest disclosure from one end of the world to the other it will shine. And then the nations of the world will tremble. And you know what they'll say? Because it wasn't just a few Jews that we kicked in the street and we threw into gas chambers. It was the Matranisa Ilah that we started up with. It wasn't just Malchus. It wasn't just the last Hey, you give up, a few bodies. It was the light of Bina that we started up with. We're not simple. We're not who we think we are when we look in the mirror. We're a vessel for an elevated light that goes well beyond this world. And we 
embarrassed Hashem himself wasn't just the Jewish nation and this is what I wanted to get to and there are times he says maybe just one Shabbos in the winter in the summer and every word here is key especially based on everything we've been learning when your ruach is misroimeim, like we learn from the Bayam Dar Kecha, our neshamas are elevated, we have a deeper perception of Hashem. And you allow your mind to contemplate the things that we're learning. And Chazar, these shiurim and these sheets can listen on YouTube two times fast. Just go through them, can review it. It's a, it's a glorious world of what Shabbos can be. And we can walk into Kabbalah Shabbos with all of these concepts. And we are misboinin, and he uses that word particularly, of course, because that's bina in the Kedush of Hashem and in Am Yisrael. All of a sudden you look at the Kehillah, you turn around and you glance at all these Jews in front of you, or you walk out of Shul. And Nebuchadnezzar is particularly poignant because of course last week's terror attack and Nebuchadnezzar Friday night they were all walking out of Shul. Who did he think he was shooting at? A few people he, he, he thinks he didn't like? He was shooting at the Matranisi Ilah. And one day it comes to revelation. And it's on you and me, he says, to glance at groups of Yidin on Friday night. And us at that moment, you stop seeing separate people. You stop seeing Moshe, you know, Friedman from, 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 from down the road. You stop seeing on the level of this worldly, just another body sitting in the chair next to you, just like you. Rakhamalka ilah. You see the Malka Ilah. You see a unified spirit of something otherworldly that descends and is housed within all of these Jews. You see the Achtus in Yidin, not separate people. We'll finish. And with your Neshama Yaseira, which means your deeper perception. You look at this entire nation of Am Yisrael. They're doubled over under the burdens of all the pain. Suffering and darkness. And they're, and they're weakened and they're moaning because it's been such a terrible week and it's been such a challenging time. And, and, and all of us at the office and, and, and the physicality and the news and... But the Imkolze, you see that these Jews inside smechen. You see that they're rejoicing. and singing, and they're saying, the master of heaven and earth, anu, we are yours. And we're, we're going through everything that we're going through for you. Malchus reflecting Keser. With all our life and with all of our souls, it's your malchus that we're bringing down upon us into the world. And we're trying to reveal the way in which this world is saturated with your godliness. Your heart is incredibly inspired from this soul vision. All of a sudden, you understand he's talking about a, like, a, like a mystical consciousness. 
You're floating out of shul. You're a soul. You're not a body. And the bodies that you see are not bodies. They're one unified soul. And your heart is lit up from this. Your heart isn't, you're, you're, you're not anymore broken and you're not anymore doubled over under the pain of the lowliness of the weak. You're lifted up with an incredibly lofty level of pride because of what you're part of. Because you're much bigger than what you think you are. And you have a place. And this Knesset Yisrael, which is Malchus, which is the last Hey, Yud Kevavke, is rooted in Bina, which is the first Hey. And your heart yearns to sing and to speak to Hashem about this incredible soul that's revealed within your heart. And he ends, Maybe you're already saying Eishas Chayel. Maybe you already made Kiddush. But you're not, your heart is not cooled. So you have to walk over to the window. And you have to look up at the sky. Trying to peel back the layers to perceive. It's almost like it's not within your choice. Your soul begins to sing to HaKadosh Baruch This is the Eish Kodesh's, this is the Piyasetzin Rebbe's perception of what a Jew, a simple Jew, you and me, might feel on Friday night. These are the wings that carry our heart. Ava and Yura, Reb Chanina, Reb Yanai. The Chelek of Bina that's Echad and the Chelek of Bina that fragments. Putting it all together. The Levana that's bursting with the light of the sun. That brings us to the place of Bina, which like we learned in a previous year, is the Olam of the Kisiyah Kavod, where all of the Neshamas of Am Yisrael are etched out from under that Kisiyah Kavod, meaning that Kisiyah Kavod is where we are all one. Shabbos brings us to the concept of achdos, of oneness. To see that oneness in ourselves, to see that oneness in all the Eden that we see. What Friday night could be if we're conscious, if we're awake, if we're aware, if we're plugged into the depth of it. Not just to know what to do, when to do it, where to do it, how to do it. But to start peeling back the layers to reveal the why. What's beyond the surface. Not just the emotions we should feel go deeper. What's beyond those emotions? What's beyond that? And this is the experience, Baruch Hashem, that we in to, not in my zechus, in your zechus, that HaKadosh Baruch was revealing through this Chabura a very unique derech to enable us to perceive the godless of Shabbos so that we can properly react to it, respond to it, process it, rejoice in it, run over to the window because we just can't contain ourselves, look up at the sky and sing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mizmar Shir, Shabbos, to begin to feel that revelation of Adam Haba. I apologize for schlepping way over time, but I hope that it was worth it for the Shlemus of the Indian. What a privilege to learn these teachings with you. What a schus. Do you understand how rare this is? Do you understand how... how what, a, what a schus. There are so few among us that are privileged to learn this way. For, for, for whatever reason. And now, 
We march into Shabbos. Leah Limarua Iker Allah Maisa.
Here's a song that's from a well-known group, Chavra, Zusha, but it's not one of their better-known songs. I think it really deserves to be. From Shlomo, <clears throat> Zach. It goes like this. Oh 